What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome in to The Fade. I am Kelly Stewart, sitting in Clay Travis's chair. He is still on vacation in Australia, and yes, I am very jealous about it. But we have a special guest today. His name's Joe Ranieri. You may know him from another, well, three or four shows that we do together every single week. Let's bring in Joe. I appreciate you filling in for me. I'm glad to be here, Cal. I'm excited uh, to be with you here, getting ready for uh, more bowl games in which I want to scream and throw things at the television set. So I am all in on this. You know, you and I are uh, both in on the bowl game. Well, it's just been a travesty. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. The line moves have been all over the place. Most of them very wrong. Last night, uh, USC's line move was actually correct. So I did get to cash a ticket because I sure thought I was going to have another CLV trophy to hang up right behind me here. But we're going to go through this entire NFL slate. It is NFL Week 17, starting off Thursday night football. Your New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns, are now a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. As far as the total goes, it's on the move, now down to 34. Are bookmakers just expecting this to be a complete and utter snooze fest tonight? Apparently, but, you know, we've also seen Joe Flacco be uh, the next coming of uh, Joe Montana, apparently, and all of a sudden Cleveland is scoring points, and outside of that being shut out by the Jets, now they got you know, Trevor, pick your quarterback, what's the difference? The Jets are dropping 20 to 30 points a game here, short week. And we know that at least early in these games, in these short week situations, Defense tends to be a little sluggish. We tend to get more offense early in these games. I would not be shocked if, if this thing goes flying over the total, which is really, really low given what we've seen from both of these teams over the last couple of weeks, Gal. Yeah, these primetime unders have done really, really well, but we've kind of seen some regression to the mean. They're coming back. I would not be wanting to take this under either. So you know what I'm going to do, Joe? I'm going to wuss out. Because teasers have been really good to me. I'm going to tease mm -hmm. the Browns down to one and a half. And there's a couple of other teams that we'll talk about here in a little bit that I think you can include them with. So a marquee game, if you will. Let's go the Detroit Lions mm. at the Dallas Cowboys. This one I think is going to be completely the opposite of Thursday Night Football. It is going to be electric. But the total 
is dropping. 53 and a half is what it opened up as. One of the highest totals we've seen this year, now down to 53. On the flip side, the six points are no longer available. If you're looking at the odd screens, Detroit is getting some early money here. Cowboys off a loss, but we know supposedly they're a much different team at home. Well, yeah, they were what, seven and oh, six and one against the number at home, but they who have they played? They're, you know, they've beaten the sisters of the poor here. Congratulations. You're unbeatable at home, but you haven't played anybody that can go toe-to-toe with you score for score. And I think this is going to be a big test. I do not buy the whole idea that the Lions are going to have a letdown here. They still have a lot to play for. Uh, number one, number two seed still up for grabs after what we saw from the 49ers against the Ravens here. I don't trust this defense of Dallas unless, Cal, they are playing with a lead. It seems to be the only time they are really as effective during the season is when they know they got to drop back and pass, and all of a sudden they can pin their ears and go after the quarterback. If they are trailing in games, this is a totally different team. And, oh, by the way, they don't tend to do that well with really physical teams in the trenches. What do you think Dan Campbell's team is going to be doing? They're going to be looking to push this Cowboys team all over the field. I agree. I think it went way overboard with the uh, with the total up to 53 and a half. It's about time we're starting to get some buyback here. But I would not be shocked at all if uh, Detroit ends up winning this game late and Dallas loses yet another on their way to yet another disappointing season. Oh, boy. The Dallas Cowboys fans are going to be in the mentions on that one. I do agree with you. I like the Lions here plus the points. I think this is going to be a much closer game. And I am not buying the letdown spot. I do think they are well coached by Dan Campbell, and that will keep them focused. Another game that is, well, probably doesn't matter to one side, but maybe it matters to the other. The Philadelphia Eagles, 10.5-point favorites, total 48 Philadelphia off a, well, a, a knockout, dragout fight against uh, their divisional rival, the New York Giants, kind of surprised everybody there on Christmas Day. Arizona, I backed them last week, and I thought they put up a little bit of a fight, and then, well, the Bears got the best of them. Arizona doesn't want to win this game, though, right, Joe? Mm. No, well, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think, uh, but they didn't give up last week against Chicago either. They just gave up too much too soon in that game and they just couldn't make up uh the difference but how in the world is anybody watching this eagles team and being like oh yeah lay double digits no problem this is going to be a cakewalk this team is an unmitigated disaster you want to talk about a totally different team from a year ago two new coordinators new defensive new offensive coordinator two totally different styles of play I I cannot trust Philadelphia laying double digits against a running quarterback like Kyler Murray with that defense and those uh, the lack of depth of linebackers for Philadelphia. Yeah, I think this is going to be much closer. Philly only needs to win, but that doesn't mean that Arizona is going to lay down and not make them sweat this one out. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I would have to agree with you there. Eagles last five wins by eight points or less. Mm. It is either take those points or stay away for me. Atlanta Falcons off a really nice win for both of us last week. We have a, a fun gambling group chat, if you will. And I thought right after that first quarter, wow, so glad I laid one with the Atlanta Falcons, but they got it done for us. And then on the flip side, I mentioned I was against this Bears team. 
Bears now a three-point favorite. Total 38. I don't know what to make of the Chicago Bears. I was very... I'm trying to think of another word. I wasn't disrespectful toward Justin Fields. I just simply compared him and his stat line to Davis Mills if you take out the uh, rushing statistics. And on paper, that's what he really looked like now. He's come back from injury, and he's starting to run this offense in a really nice way. I'm not sure I believe in the Bears, again, laying points, though. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm not. But I will say this. I mean, kudos to the Bears for actually making a move that we all went. What Montez Sweat? What the hell are the Bears doing? They got it, it feels like they've got every draft pick under the sun coming up here. But ever since Montez Sweat got into the picture on that defensive line, boy, oh, boy, this has been a much more competitive team here. And they still has a lot of guys on that team playing for a future here with the uh, Chicago Bears. But having said that. They are six and one to the under in their last eight, which coincides with the whole Montez Sweat coming to town. Atlanta, 10 and five to the under all year long. Dink and dunk Heineke under center for Atlanta. I don't think this one's going to be a shootout either, Cal. I think this is uh, a very low scoring game. First one to 20 probably ends up winning it. Oh, there's a little trouble in paradise there in, in Jacksonville, Florida. But the good news is the Carolina Panthers are coming to town <laughs> as six-point underdogs. The total's 38, but Joe, the Jags just won a game in their last five. Have they actually gotten a W here? Whether it's Trevor Lawrence, they keep telling us every single week, Trevor's hurt, Trevor's hurt, and then they march him out there. Uh, whether it is him or C.J. Bathard, I don't trust this Jags team right now. The Panthers kind of turning things around, kind of, sort of. I mean, I know they didn't win last week versus the Packers, but they did get the cover. They did put up a fight down late. This is kind of one of those interesting line moves. The, the bookmakers didn't march out a seven. They just said, here's a six and a half on a silver platter. Yeah, no, and, and actually think about it, Gal. Ever since, uh, you know, they've given Chris Tabor a shot here as the interim coach, they have covered three of their last four here. And the exception, of course, was, when they had to play that third straight road game. And Jacksonville is an absolute mess. Uh, whether it's C.J. Beathard, uh, whether Trevor, I don't care who you're throwing under center, guys can't get open. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. I think Carolina is ticked off. Uh, they are playing very, very hard. And without Trevor Lawrence under center, there is no way I can trust the Jacksonville Jags to cover anything even near a touchdown. All right, my best bet for the week, the Indianapolis Colts are three-point favorites mm. to the Las Vegas Raiders. The total is sitting at 44, not any real line move here. The reason why I took the Colts is the same reason why I laid it with the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday, and I didn't get the result that I wanted. I wanted to bet against this Raiders team off that Thursday night win where – Let's be frank. The Los Angeles Chargers just flat out quit and did not care that their coach got fired. Aiden O'Connell, not even a serviceable quarterback. I don't think that he is capable of really running this offense. And he didn't need to last week because the Raiders' defense really showed up. I know the Colts did not get the win last week, but they do control their own destiny. They've covered five of their last seven here. I think the three and a half is very telling. Yeah, I, I am. I'm kind of with you here. I just don't. It feels like smoke and mirrors with this Raiders team. I mean, congratulations. Uh, they made the change early. They've won some games. We never thought they would be able to win. Going to Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs was crazy. 
But, I, you know, listen, there is some talent, and I certainly like Steichen as the head coach there with an opportunity at home to win. It really, a must-win game if they are going to have any shot of taking down this uh, division. I think this is the point where we say, hey, congratulations, great, great job. But I think the Colts uh, end up running away with this one as well. Okay, we mentioned the New York Giants and how they were off a nice divisional well, cover, if you will, to the Philadelphia Eagles, who they do play again next week. Now they travel to Los Angeles to play the 8-7 and seven Rams. Money's coming in on the Giants, though. Our good friend Marco D'Angelo said what a sandwich spot this is, and that means that they're playing a divisional opponent. They have an, a road game, and then they play a divisional opponent again. Maybe the Giants have packed it in, but sharp groups don't seem to think so because this line has went from 6, six down to 5.5, total 44.5. I don't know what to make of this team. I don't know what to make of it either. Uh, quite, I listen, Tyrod Taylor, absolute upgrade over Tommy Cutlets there or whatever else. Uh, boy, you got to be really pissed if you bought one of those Tommy Cutlet shirts. Uh, well, you can always clean the car with it. Uh, listen, they have scored 28 plus in five straight games here. Uh, and Kyron Williams looks like he's running all over everybody. I really like this Rams team. The, I'm scratching my head with the line movement here. The Rams, extra rest. They played on Thursday in week 16. And by the way, they kind of got faded a little bit uh, towards kickoff in that one. And they had absolutely no problem. You're having the Giants coming off a physical, very physical Monday night divisional matchup against Philly. I, I, I don't know how we're not backing the Rams in this spot. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I, the Giants don't want to get in a shootout with this Rams team. And mm -hmm. we know what Matthew Stafford's able to do with this offense. I guess it's uh, just a stay away because, yeah. again, nothing seems to make sense unless, of course, the line keeps dropping and we get some value here on the Rams. The game that I'm most excited for, the Miami Dolphins now a three-point favorite at the Baltimore Ravens, if you uh, blinked yesterday, that was four. Total 47. I have a futures ticket here on the Ravens, 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Of course, I'd like them to win the AFC North and get that one seed in Monk. And, and so, doing so, uh, the Dolphins, the stigma is they can't win on the road. Well, that's uh, and until they do so against a quality opponent, that is going to continue to be the stigma here. Cal, I, you know, they're down the road for me here in South Florida, and I I am not buying this team. I'm just not. They, you know, the argument can be made. They should have lost to Dallas. Uh, Dallas did a great uh, uh, job of beating themselves here. But I will say this. I think it is much more important for the road to the Super Bowl to come through Miami than it would be for Baltimore to have to win this game and, and have to go. Baltimore will be able to travel during the playoffs. I have no doubt about that. I think Miami's best shot at actually winning the AFC, it means it has to go through Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. I'm not buying them. Until I see it, I'm not buying them. I will take Harbaugh over McDaniels any day. I think they will push this Miami team around, and I think they ultimately end up getting the win. Woo! Not, on that note, now I'm nervous. So if you guys have been watching the show, you know that I have an AFC East ticket that has the Miami Dolphins printed on it, plus 275. Mm -hmm. The Patriots, now kind of a, a thorn in the Bills' heels, are 13-point underdogs. So essentially, the Buffalo Bills should win this game this week. But before we get into it, Joe, right now in the beautiful state of Tennessee, mm. I can get the Buffalo Bills plus 225 to win the AFC East. Should I be hedging my AFC East ticket? 
Well, part of me hopes that, yes, Ravens do win this game, Cal, because I love the urgency in week 18 where it's Buffalo and it's Miami and winner takes all here in the AFC East. But uh, it's going to be a dogfight here. You, Belichick's teams have not quit, uh, which is apparent. I mean, they beat Denver on the road, and this is a team that we all stuck a fork in in the betting markets a long time ago. But they have uh, they have not quit on Belichick. Whether he's the coach next year or not remains to be seen. But they would love nothing more to stick it to Buffalo. I'm kind of with you here. I think Buffalo, this is either going to be last second field goal wins it or it's going to be an absolute utter blowout by the bills i'm not convinced either way here gal in this one you're right patriots have done a good job over the last couple of weeks covering numbers and winning mm-hmm. games outright you were actually in gillette stadium uh when the yep. bills went in and lost that game i was on the patriots that day i was very fortunate <laughs> to get the outright win in fact Happy for it, but it was just a baby sprinkle here. I don't know what to think of this Bills team. Uh, My co-host on Hot Mike this week is Jonathan Hutton, and he thinks that this team is peaking at the right time, and they are poised to make a Super Bowl run. Do you agree with him? I I do. In years past, it's... We've seen the Bills start very quickly and then maybe fade towards the end, then pick it up at the very end. You know, this year they had early on in the season, they've had some troubles trying to figure some things out. The defense got absolutely mauled when it went uh, to London to play that game. Remember, they came back, they lost Milano, they lost White, they lost everybody. They have had some time to give the backups an opportunity to get acclimated in that defense. And now I think you're starting to see that these guys are extremely comfortable with one another. We're also starting to see Leonard Fournette. Did you catch that last game, by the way? He's starting to uh, now show up for them. I think that was a great addition, sneakily. I like this Buffalo Bills team. That is not a train I want to get in front of here uh, heading into the playoffs by any stretch. Yeah, I've got to make some decisions before Saturday if I'm going to hedge that ticket or Mm -hmm. not. All right, here's a team that I mentioned early on with the Browns that I did put into a teaser. The New Orleans Saints, now a a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Tampa Bay, total 42. Bottom line, Joe, you said you live in South Florida. Well, I live in Central Florida. You know who looks really good under center? Baker Mayfield. Uh, He's playing like a man on a one-year contract, and he is making some moves. He also has some incentives that we need to be looking out for. If he finishes top 10 in passing, he's going to be getting himself an extra payday. So I'm kind of nervous here about my Saints ticket, albeit it's over a touchdown in a divisional game with the low total. But are we seeing this Bucs team also poised to maybe make a a run here in the playoffs? I I can't think of two teams I – don't like more than these two teams simply because I have not been able to figure them out. It's Baker Mayfield. Are you kidding me? Like what is, what is going on? And I can't think of a guy that has cost me more money over the years than Derek Carr uh, in a situation where he's a favorite, he's supposed to win. Then he ends up throwing up all over himself. And, and here we go. I mean, both of these guys have been very similar in that matter where they beat up the lesser teams. They struggle against the better teams. I don't, it, what I will say here is that the deep, both defenses have really stepped up here. It took a little while for the Tampa Bay Bucks defense to get healthy. And now that they are, 
you are starting to see why a lot of guys on that Bucks team there were there with Brady and have a ring. So this is a very good defense with a very good defensive head coach. Uh, if Baker can continue this uh, magical ride, there is no reason why him, Mike Evans, and everyone else uh, can't do some damage here heading into the playoffs. All right, another double-digit favorite, the 11-4 49ers head to Ooh. FedEx Field. Is it still called that? I, they always change it on me. That being said, they are 13-point favorites, total 50-and-a-half. And we saw some money coming on the Commanders. I don't know why, but here we are. Ron Rivera, I don't think, can be trusted as head coach. From a very square perspective, this is a great bounce-back opportunity for San Francisco. But guess who they play next? Oh, right, the Los Angeles Rams. Do they really care about going across the country to face a Washington Commanders team that essentially does nothing for them? Yeah, well, that's the uh, that's the the million dollar question here. The 49ers have been down this road, been there and done that, right? They could they're banged up now. Obviously, we know Trent Williams didn't play at the end of that game there against the Ravens. Uh, they've got that they're traveling on a short week, and as far as the 49ers go, their deal is. Let's just win this and get the hell out of here, and hopefully nobody else gets hurt and we're moving on. They are not going to be interested in taking any additional risks. They should have no problem scoring on this defense. The question is, is Jacoby Brissett now the guy? If he is, that's a little bit more offense for Washington than what we have seen. Either way, I do think the total is the way to look at it and expect it to go up, up, and away. Uh, but I can't trust this 49ers team at this point with those injuries to do anything except just win and go home. Just win and go home. <sighs> that is tough. Uh, mm. I do think they will win, but uh, 13 looks like too Ooh. many points for me. Tennessee heads to Houston. They are now four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Is it going to be Tannehill? Is it going to be, well... <laughs> Will Levis. I haven't heard. I haven't seen any updates. Totals 43 and a half here. Joe, when uh, I did this preview a few short weeks ago, everybody says, don't worry, King Henry, he owns this Texans defense. Well, guess what? He got held to under 50 yards on the ground, and it was abysmal. The Texans with a backup quarterback able to just kind of have their way here. Titans broke out late, but the Texans ultimately ended up getting the outright win. I think Vrabel's in a little bit of trouble here. Uh, D'Amico Ryan is Ryan's is on the rise. Everybody seems to love him there in Houston and Vrabel's just kind of had this very lackluster team over the last few years. And they just don't put out enough offensive firepower, no matter who's under center, uh, 11 out of the last 12 under the total. I want nothing to do with this game. I still haven't heard if CJ Stroud is going to be a hundred percent. We know he was in concussion protocol almost three weeks ago now. So mm -hmm. it's been kind of one of these, you know, touch and go types of things. The information gets ahead of the market and then it's too late to place a wager. And we've got to start considering, I, I'm guessing, and Vrabel never admit this, but, uh, you know, the front office of Tennessee uh, has to be looking around and going, do we really want to win any more games uh, here? Uh, probably not in our best interest. They've blown two straight now in the fourth quarter of games that were very winnable. And somehow they managed to figure out ways to lose them. And yet Houston, different team without CJ Stroud now, aren't they? I do think all reports uh, show that he is trending towards 
being back in this one. They've had some injuries they've been dealing with over the last couple of weeks as well. But C.J. Stroud is obviously a difference maker for this Houston team, who I think in their own building with their quarterback under center, a lot less questions for Houston than Tennessee uh, would not shock me if they uh, run away with this game at all with C.J. Stroud. All right. Pair of eight and seven teams. Pittsburgh is a three and a half point underdog on the road at Seattle. Total 41. Geno Smith, Drew Locke, mm. basically seeing there's not much drop off between the two, at least not from a few game sample size. The Steelers, Mason Rudolph. Whoa, let's talk about it here. Of course, there's a guy who's been on the roster for a few years, knows how to run that offense. Uh, it still doesn't make me want to back this team going into a hostile environment with an offense that I know can put up points doesn't mean they're going to, but they have the ability. We've seen it from either one of these quarterbacks. But Seattle's defense is probably what's going to keep me from wagering on this game. I don't know if I trust them fully here. Uh, some money's coming on the under, Joe. Help me make sense of this one. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, uh, it's when we think of the do-or-die situation that Seattle has been in two weeks in a row, and here we go, another third week. This will be also the second game with the uh, with the 12th man there. It's the defense that has shown up and given, you know, whether it be Drew Locke or Geno Smith, an opportunity to win the game. We're talking about two weeks in a row now that they've given up no more than, what, 17 points I love Rudolph. Don't get me wrong. Oklahoma State alum. I, great job. That was wonderful. But expect we know what these guys are. We know what Heineke is. We know what Rudolph. Expecting him to go on the road into one of the toughest places to play with everything on the line for Seattle uh, is tough for me to get behind with Pittsburgh. I do agree with the move down because I do think both defenses are the best units on the field and. Not going to be a very high-scoring game, I don't think. All right. I might have a push towards the under there. Here's a game that I did get to the window with. The Bengals, seven-point underdogs. Mm. Uh, there's some trouble in paradise in Kansas City. The total sitting here at 44 on the odd screen. Cincinnati, uh, they obviously have a tough path to, you know, be able to get into the playoffs, Joe. But this team has showed some real resilience. Yes, they did lose uh, to a divisional rival last week. But I do think Jake Browning is a serviceable quarterback. Again, last week I mentioned I laid the 10 with Kansas City on Christmas because it was a play against the Raiders. But now that we know the Chiefs are inherently broken, are we really wanting to lay seven points with this team? They have issues from the wide receiver standpoint. Patrick Mahomes getting sacked, which is not something we've traditionally seen. He's usually been able to scramble in the pocket. I have just not understood what is going on in Kansas City. Travis Kelsey's dropping, uh, you know, ex expletive-laced rants on his podcast saying that he's got to be better. Maybe these guys just aren't that focused. I mean, every single one of them does a State Farm commercial every other, every other time I turn on the TV. And... It, it's not the same team, but the good news here for us, Cal, is that the public thinks they are, and they continue to bet Kansas, like Kansas City, like it is the Mahomes of old, and it's just, it's all going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. Travis Kelsey has one touchdown in the last eight games. They can't get any separation. This is the worst wide receiving room that Patrick Mahomes has ever had to deal with between the drops, the inability to be able to stretch the field. And I think what's even worse is we're starting to see 
Mahomes loses patience. Uh, in other words, he is try- he's making throws, ill-advised throws now because now he's just hoping. Now he's just aggravated. We saw it last week against the Raiders with a pick six that should have never been thrown. They're, this team is broken, but the market continues to act as if everything is going to come up. Puppy dogs and rainbows. I'm with you. I am not buying it. I get a dude now, a backup quarterback with Zach Taylor as the coach, completing 74% of his passes, averaging over 300 yards a game. They're not going to change. They are going to go in here. And nobody, by the way, with Joe Burrow included, nobody has been better against out-of-division opponents than Cincinnati over the last couple of years. They dominate. I think they're going to dominate here again. All right, the Denver Broncos, well, what did they decide to do? Bench their starting quarterback, even though they had, at one point in time, I think it was a 9% chance to still Mm. make the playoffs. I think that is very telling of what's going on in Denver. Uh, Bill Belichick must have just completely broken them at that point in time because now the Los Angeles Chargers are coming to town. We know what we've seen from Easton Stick, and that was that they're going to put up a dogfight against the Buffalo Bills. But the Broncos have a quarterback that I've seen nothing from, Jared Stidham. Just, I mean, we're talking 77 passes here. We we have no sample size. We have no idea what to make of it. Do you think that the drop-off of two points is warranted here, and how would you bet this game? It's so funny here. I mean, how big a tool bag is Russell Wilson that they won't even let him? I mean, there, there must be such animosity in that locker room with Russell Wilson. It It was last year, right? We saw it with Hackett, didn't work out well. And then, of course, you get, you know, Sean Payton comes in and he's like, I got this. I can figure this out. Then they lose on national TV to the Patriots. And the next thing we hear is, no, he's got to go. Like, we ain't playing you. You And didn't Stidham also replace Derek Carr when they did this exact same thing with the Raiders going, hey, listen, man, we would play you, but we're not going to pay you. We're planning on getting rid of you, and we don't want you to get hurt. It's exact. How is that playing in that locker room? It can't be playing very well. I like Easton Stick. I think the guy has actually shown some moxie here in an impossible situation, backing up uh, what many people believe is one of the top three or four best quarterbacks in a league. I, you know, I've seen no quit in this Chargers. I like the spot with them now. They just have to go out and execute. Uh, One thing I know is that it's the Chargers. It'll be a one-score game, though. Very good point. All right, Sunday night football, the last one on our list before we get into some of these bowl games. The Green Bay Packers, now two-point underdogs to the Minnesota Vikings, both teams seven and eight, which kind of says they're on the outside looking in here. And what do we expect to see as far as from the total? 46 and a half. Here's my uh, one caveat, and I try not to buy into too much of uh, what happened last, but what happened last was the Minnesota Vikings cost me a nice uh, ticket on on Christmas Eve because Nick Mullins threw four interceptions, Joe. I don't think I can trust him here yet again. That doesn't mean he's not capable of playing a flawless game, but sometimes I need teams to pass the eye test, and right now Minnesota is not passing the eye test. You can't keep turning the ball over in this league and expect to win, even against terrible defenses. And Green Bay's defense is not great. But you don't have to be great when, for some reason, the coaching staff of the Minnesota Vikings 
uh, thinks that it's okay to drop Mullins back 40, 50 times a game and continuing to let him throw balls up that are eventually going to be intercepted. You know who's not turning the ball over? And that would be Jordan Love. Uh, he's taken a lot of heat, but the guy has thrown one interception in his last eight games. He's protecting the ball. They've had some serious injuries at the skill position there, certainly with the wide receiver room. But guess who also has an issue now with injuries? The Vikings. No Jordan Addison. Hawkinson gone for the year. Uh, and we have a coach that refuses to adjust his thinking and play calling with who he has under center. You and I, are, but I could not bet on Minnesota and then watch him go out and throw another two interceptions that shouldn't be and give the game to Green Bay, which is ultimately what I think happens here. So it's Green Bay and teasers are pass for me. If you're catching this game after Thursday night football, I also think the Packers are worth a teaser spot mm -hmm. with the New Orleans Saints. That's all we've got for NFL, but there are a few bowl games that I wanted to touch on. A lot of these have been bet out of control. We've seen Georgia up to a 20-point favorite with all the Florida State opt-outs. But one that's been really intriguing, Missouri Tigers, six points is what they opened up as, six-point underdogs to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Then Ohio State announces about 15 transfers. The line goes all the way down to Missouri basically as a favorite. Now we've seen it flip back. Uh, Ohio State is a four-point favorite here, Joe. I have Ohio State plus two in pocket. A good friend of the program, John Murray, and I do a podcast together. He said, hey, I can confirm this was played. You should get on it now. Uh, are they going to miss Kyle McCord is my real question here. I don't know if they will. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, is going to be a go, correct? He is playing in this bowl game as far as I understand. He has not opted out yet. He also has not practiced uh, as of uh, Tuesday this week, uh, not even dressed. So, and, and quite honestly, what does he have to gain by playing in this? Uh, we all know he's going to be the first wide receiver off the board here. I don't know that it makes any sense for him to play in this game, but I haven't seen him practice in it. To your point, I also have not seen where he's like, I'm not showing up, but that seems to be, an actual thing this uh, year in bowl games where we don't know until three minutes before kickoff. I will say this, Kyle McCord gone. We do know that the backup Devin Brown, he's only attempted 22 passes this year and it's always been in mop up duty. So you won't have the best of the best receivers in the room available to throw to, but we will have, of course, I believe Trayvon Henderson has said he's going to play. So the running game will be there. The thing that sticks out to me in a game like this, even with some of the defectors on the defensive side of Ohio State, the backups are just as good, right? Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator there, Ohio State's defense is not going to see a huge drop-off. The interesting thing is not one, guys, not one Missouri player on the offensive side that means anything has left. This is exactly the team that we have seen all season long give teams absolute fits. Yes, this is the same offense that's going to be 100% intact. The problem that I have is that Missouri has the experience now. We've got a lot of players on Ohio State that while backups didn't get the kind of experience Missouri did this year, it's a final possession kind of game. And if it happens to be that Missouri has the ball last, I think they have a chance to win. I don't see either team running away with this game. I think it's going to be the best game of all 
the bowl games this year. A couple of these games, Joe, that I had nice numbers in pocket, I did not elect to mm-hmm. bet the other way. I think this might be one. If it gets much higher, I may have to come Ooh. back on the Missouri Tigers. Another game that we've seen some line movement in because, well, Joe Milton has opted out of his bowl game for the Tennessee Volunteers. We just found that out yesterday. That line dropped two points. Tennessee is now a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Totals 36 by, of course it is, because it's the Iowa Hawkeyes and their defense Nico and I, and I am going to butcher his last name, so I'm not even going to try. These are things we have to practice in the media world. I can finally say Tua Tunga Vailoa, so it's going to take me a little while. Uh, but number one, he was the number one quarterback on On Three's uh, 2023 list, uh, mm-hmm. or excuse me, 2022 list. He got, he went to Tennessee. What are we going to see from this kid? I knew nothing about him until yesterday. That's not uh, like that's not my forte from gambling. I'm not following where these kids are going. It doesn't really matter to me with the transfer portal now, where they played in high school, where they're going, because by the time I'm going to wager on these guys, they're already at a different school. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say this. Remember the Hawkeyes last year when they played Kentucky and the backup quarterbacks there in the Music City Bowl had that work out? Oh, yeah, they shut them out. Uh, This is not a defense that I would want to be this backup quarterback now. And I don't care four or five stars in high school, whatever. You haven't played the kind of defense that you're going to see with this Iowa team that's always playing angry, always playing fast and prides themselves on making sure you don't get any points. This is an impossible spot here, knowing that Milton uh, was the late opt out here. It feels like this is going to be one of those games that's played in the 20s. Iowa will control that because Iowa will have the edge defensively. But don't sleep on Tennessee's defense either. Tennessee's defense is pretty darn good. I don't see either offense moving the ball a lot in here, Cal. I know it's a low total, but it's Iowa, people. I would expect it to be low and land on the under. Probably the better bet here, but I did take uh, Iowa yesterday plus the Mm. eight. Uh, Crimson Tide, one loss on the season to the University of Texas, so they get into the college football playoff. They're going to face the Michigan Wolverines in the Rose Bowl. This one opened up Michigan minus one. We immediately saw Bama money come in. Then we saw Michigan money come in. Total 44 and a half Joe, point blank, I'm on the the Wolverines, and it may be a contrarian play here against Alabama, but all I've heard since that USF game is Alabama's the best team in the country. They've made all of the strides that they needed to make, and that is fine, but this Michigan defense is the real deal. Please remember, you spoke about shutouts, what they just did to Iowa in the Big Mm. Ten championship game, 1.5 yards per carry. Alabama's running game's not going to be able to get going. So Jalen Milrow is going to have to throw the ball. I think that's concerning here. Now, I don't love Blake Corum. I'm sorry, I don't love J.J. McCarthy, but I love Blake Corum. I know what I'm getting from him, and especially when they get anywhere near the red zone, This man is on a mission. He is going to score. I think that Alabama, albeit the square dog here, though, is still really scary to back because Jim Harbaugh hasn't ever won a college football playoff game. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, he's not. And one, I mean, one of these coaches, uh, Cal, is 0-6 in his last six bowl games. The other has six straight college football semifinal appearances. I'll let you guys figure out which is which here. It's not that hard uh, to look here as far as the history tells us. And listen, there's so many different sides of this argument. 
Who has Michigan played besides Ohio State this year will be the big argument you hear. They've played nobody. I get it. They've also learned here under Harbaugh over the last couple of years how to finally beat Ohio State, which is important. That's why he still has a job with all the nonsense out and the noise going on outside the program. And then you've got Saban in Alabama as a dog, which is always, you know, it's always tempting there. But I think this is the ultimate coin flip game of all games that remain here in the college football bowl season. I think, yes, just flip a coin because you got a better chance of figuring out who's going to win the side. But I will say this, the number that stuck out to me was the total because both of these teams averaged 36 and 31 points a game this year. These two offenses are more than capable beating you on the run, beating you with their legs, uh, mobile quarterback, beating you through the air, the defense setting up short fields. Uh, this number at 45, 45 and a half, I thought was a little bit low, but I'll say this. If you are leaning towards Michigan, this game lands under Michigan needs this to be a lower scoring game in order for them to win. If you think the over is the way to go here, that's going to favor Alabama. And that's the way I would look correlate the total with the side Cal, all you want. I do think it's a little low though, here at 45 and a half. In a game that it's completely been overshadowed by the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, Texas Longhorns four-point favorites to the Washington Huskies. Michael Penix Jr. and this Huskies team has been so good to me all season long. We drafted them first overall pick in our college football pool because I thought that they would be able to get to this position. Now they are here. But they've been really doubted for a lot of the season, including being double-digit underdogs to a team they had already beat in the Pac-12 championship. Texas, albeit I get accused of being a Texas hater all the time because I love betting against Texas. They are always overvalued. They are the Dallas Cowboys of college football. There is more money than God bet on the Texas Longhorns every single week. It is ridiculous. So I find value betting against them. I don't know if I can bet against them here, Joe. I, this is tough, right? I mean, these teams also, I believe, didn't they? It might have been the Alamo Bowl last year um, where we saw this game, and it was also 20 points under the projected total, which I think was 66 and a half or 67. It was a 27 20 game. And if Texas is going to win this game, it better land under this total. Uh, I don't see how Texas wants to get into a shootout with Washington and think that's their best course of action. If I am Washington, you know that Texas is one of the top five run defenses in the country. Nobody runs on it. They are that good. That's an elite defense against the run. The problem is Washington, well, they don't have to run because they tend with Kalen DeBoer and Penix Jr. to throw over 60% of the time. That's a problem for this defense here of Texas. And there is no doubt, as far as I'm concerned, all the value that remains in his college football playoff is plus 700 Washington to win it all. They're a plus 155, plus 160 dog in this game. I think the winner of this game wins it all has wow. that. And I think Washington's going to be the team to do that because every, and you nailed it, Cal, every time we, the market has looked at Washington in Corvallis, right? Against Oregon. Every time they're not good enough to do it. And all they do is they go out and run it down your throat. They're more physical than you. This team is ready to take that next step. And at seven to one, I think it's a gift. 
And I do think they are ultimately going to be your national champions. Wow. Well, I didn't even need a follow-up question. Joe Ranieri has spoken. Washington Huskies will be your national champion. Make sure you guys shop around. I'm sure there is some great value on there because I don't think anybody else is betting this team to win the national championship. You are absolutely right. They will be probably six-point underdogs to either Alabama or Michigan, which will be some nice plus money there as well. He is Joe Ranieri. You can follow him on X at Joe Ranieri. I am Kelly Stewart. You can follow me at Kelly in Vegas. And this has been The Fade.